be with you this morning. Grateful for the leadership in the church. Um, and thank you, brothers and sisters, uh, for the privilege uh, to share God's word with you this morning. Um, last Monday, I came from mission conference in uh, California, where I have, and before that, uh, another mission conference, Mission Fist in uh, Vancouver, British Columbia, where I have the privilege to share about the ministry and uh, uh, to speak. And uh, God willing, Tuesday, um, this coming, uh, begun for almost a month to Jordan and Gaza. And uh, in my way, um, have a few days to speak in Holland and share about the ministry. So appreciate your prayers. Um, I like, if I may, uh, read a few verses uh, from Philippians, well-known verses. Philippians 4, verse 6 to 9. I'm reading from NIV. Don't be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God and the, pre- and the peace of God which transcends since all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received, or heard from me, or seen in me, put it into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. May God bless his word. Let us pray, just ask God indeed uh, to open our hearts and our minds this morning. Lord, this is uh, our prayer this morning, and thank you for the blessing to share and the blessing to listen to your word. We just pray to open our hearts, our minds. We pray uh, to give us the freedom as uh, uh, we share and as we listen. We pray protection on the meeting and uh, over every one of us. Forgive us our weaknesses, Lord Jesus, our sins covered under your precious blood. And we give you all the honor and all the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, I want to share with you this morning about how to maintain or keep God's peace in the midst of pain. I was reading uh, Tim Keller's book, uh, Walking uh, with God um, in Pain and Suffering, through pain and suffering. And uh, there's things I, I learned and uh, things we went through in our life and ministry, and I'd like to share with you how to maintain God's peace um, in the midst of pain. I feel, loved one, if we lost God's peace in our life, I think not much left for us. I remember uh, as a new believer, as a young believer, um, more... Uh, experience the peace of God at that time, to be honest with you. Later in life, uh, when uh, uh, more challenges, uh, more difficulties, uh, sometimes uh, I miss 
for one reason or another, God peace. And uh, I struggled with that and uh, seek the Lord. And uh, I hope what I share with you this morning will help us all uh, how to maintain this precious thing in our life. Different cultures have really to deal with pain and suffering. Otherwise, people will turn to become angry and become bitter if they didn't have answers. I'm not saying here we have all the answers about pain and suffering, even in our life. Even as a Christian, there is no immunity for pain and suffering for the Christian. Our Lord Jesus um, told us in advance and warned us um, that there will be cross and there will be tribulation and there will be suffering for those who want to live a godly life um, with, with the Lord. Uh, I want to share with you about uh, some of the sources um, of pain and the concept of pain in different uh, culture and the misconception of pain and suffering, why God allow pain and suffering in our life, and hopefully how, uh, together by the grace of God, be able to maintain uh, God peace um, in the midst of pain. Uh, there are different sources uh, of pain and suffering in our life. It, you know, saw, uh, Proverbs uh, 19 talks about laziness, where it could cause hunger, could co- be the co- one of the cause. And also, um, Proverbs 11 talks about bad relationships or bad friendship could co- cause pain and suffering. I myself could be the cause. Uh, of that, if there's um, unwise decisions I made, uh, that will cause um, uh, pain in my life. Um, sometimes, unfortunately, uh, in the U.S., we hear people enter a school where kids and uh, with a gun and they kill uh, and injured uh, many, many, many students. Uh, sometimes, of course, if we break the laws of the Lord. Um, that will cause suffering in our life. Sometimes things out of our control, if there is a horrible disease, unexpected, uh, could cause pain in our life. Regardless what is the source, um, I want to say probably not all of us this morning here uh, at the the present time experience pain and suffering, but maybe in the past you you did or And maybe some of us now experience pain and some of us probably in the future. So all of us, in way or another loved one, experience this kind of pain. What is the concept of pain? You know, um, in uh, Buddhism, we'll say the cause of pain, it's because we live in materialistic world. And that is a natural result of the world we live in um, that people experience pain. Uh, Hinduism will say karma, which um, the pain that you experience now in your life, it's because as a result of a previous life or sinful life you lived before, and now you're paying the price of your previous uh, sins. Islam will say, um, don't ask, just if God wants to do it, you know, submit and um, ju- just take it, don't question it even. Uh, other people will say the cause of pain, 
uh, sometimes because of certain desires in your life and that uh, disappointment which you experience because these desires is not fulfilled that cause this kind of pain. In the West, they say because we live in a material world and naturally this is the result, but they didn't see, unfortunately, the spiritual uh, extend of uh, the pain and suffering. In Christianity, we see the cause of pain start in Genesis 3, um, where verse 15 to verse uh, 19, because of sin, and we see that the land or the earth will produce, start to produce thorns, and the man will go through a pain as he provides for his own family and mothers will experience pain as they give birth. But there's misconception about, uh, about pain. Um, you remember in the life of Job, the first thing his friends told him when they saw the pain and the suffering in the life of Job, they said, Job, you must do something horrible that these things happened to you. And we know what they, what they said wasn't right. If you remember in John 9, when um, the disciple asked Jesus, when you, they saw the boy who born blind, and they asked uh, the question, who have sinned that this boy born blind? And the, of course, Jesus responded, neither not the boy, not the parents that sinned that the boy born the blind because there's misconception and bad heresy at that time in the tradition, the Jewish tradition, they think that the baby in his mother womb could even sin. This is why I asked Jesus the question, who have sinned? You know, the boy or his mothers. And we see the response of Jesus that the Lord will be glorified in all of that. Even Paul, who wrote almost half of the New Testament by the power of the Holy Spirit, he experienced some pain and suffering or some disability in his own life. And some um, uh, theologians see maybe it's like in his walk or in his sight. So I cannot say, you know, that um, the things um, we see that always because of a certain sin. Why God allow suffering in our life? Again, we didn't really have all the answers, and sometimes we have more questions than answer why God allow pain and suffering in our life. Somebody give this illustration. Why, as a parent, you allow your, um, your child who is two years old to take a painful shot and... Uh, you allow him to do that, of course, simply because um, your concept and your maturity as a parent who's 30 years old or 40 years old is much more than your uh, child who's two years old. How much more our heavenly father, um, who's all wisdom, that he allow us sometimes to go through pain and suffering. Veganism will say, pain will not bring you closer to God, but Christianity teach us pain is essential to our faith. 
The scripture said in Philippians chapter 1, we're not only called to believe in him, but to suffer for him. And as I said, our Lord Jesus many times warned us that there will be a cross and there will be suffering. See, as Lewis said, God whispered to us in our pleasures. God whispered to us in our pleasures, speak to our conscience, but he scream or shout, if you will, in our pain. And we know, loved one, our faith will be tested, not when everything is going fine, but our faith will be tested in the most difficult time of our life. This is why James chapter 1, verse 2, he said, consider it all joy, loved one, when you go through different kind of a tribulation, because he said the testing of your faith. And the word testing, at the time of James, it's used to examine the coin, if it's genuine or false. And this is the time when my faith and your faith will be tested to see if it's real or not. And then he said, the testing of your faith will produce perseverance. And if perseverance, you pass that test, you will have this virtue of patience, and then you'll be lacking nothing. And you become more like a man or woman of God. And also pain and suffering will build our character. And this is what Romans 5 said, that suffering produces perseverance. And perseverance will produce character. That you become the man of character that the Lord wants you to be. A man of integrity honesty, relationship with other, and to be the person he wants you to be. And then he say, character will produce hope. And hope will never disappoint you because the love of God is born in our life. Why the Lord allow pain and suffering? Because in the time of pain and suffering, if we handle it in the way that the Lord wants us to do, to do that, we will discover the treasure of darkness. And this is what we see in Isaiah 45, verse 3. And maybe you wonder if there is a treasure in darkness. I want to say, in that difficult time, when you go through, you will see the Lord in a way, probably you didn't see him before. Or you experience him in a way, it's very unique. And you will learn lessons that probably you will not learn in any other way. Why the Lord allow us to go through that? I want to say because he know you very well. When the Lord allowed Job to go through all the difficulties, as you know, where he lost his wealth and health and family, he knew Job very well, more than we knew ourselves. And he see that what, how much Job will bear, um, and also the Lord see how Job will be after he will go through that fire. He knew how much he can handle and how much he cannot. And simply also that the Lord allow us to go through that because then we're able to comfort others who will go through similar things that we went through and we experienced that, that the people who can really understand our pain, 
the one who really went through something similar or the same thing we went through. And also I want to say suffering that the Lord allow it because it will teach us even how to pray. If you remember in Romans 8, it said, there is time we didn't know how to pray. There is time we didn't know what to say, especially if we go through agony. And it says, Romans 8, that the Holy Spirit, which lives inside of us, will take that groaning, that agony, that pain, that hurt, that grief. The Holy Spirit will take that and Put it in front of the loving God who understands the language of the Spirit. And he responds according to our need. Also suffering, I want to say, prepare us to heaven. Romans eight seventeen. if we share in his suffering, we will share in his glory. The present suffering is no way to compare with the glory which will be revealed in us. Second Corinthians 4:16 to 17. Therefore we don't lose heart, though outwardly we are wasting away. Yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day for our Light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. Again, the question, how, loved one, to keep God's peace in the midst of suffering? I know some of us went through a lot in life. And if we have a chance this morning to share, many of you, only God knows what you went through. But I want to say, loved one, what you went through or what I went through, it's about, consider 10%. But 90%, it depends how I deal with the things which happened to me, which is more important. Do I become a better person? Do I start to complain? Or I seek the Lord in the midst of pain? What do you want to show me, Lord? I want to pose. I want to kneel. I want to throw myself in your presence. I want to listen to you in spite of the pain. Help me how to deal with it. How to become a better servant. How to become a better man. We as a Christian, loved one, not only believe in infinitive God. You know, other religion stop there that they believe in infinitive God. God is there far away. But we as a Christian, and only we see it in Christianity, we believe not only infinitive God, but we believe in personal God. What if we believe God who just have all the authority and he can do anything and everything? He's so powerful. But he didn't feel with us. What about if we believe just God, a God who's really feel with us as a human being 
But he's not able, not capable to do, not powerful enough. We see in the Christianity, the God we believe in, not only have all the authority, all the power to do, but also he is God who suffer. I like sometimes to talk about God who serve. A servant God, if you will. And we see God is not with all the authority, but God also who suffer with us. Only in Christianity, in paganism, they didn't see, they didn't believe divinity can be united with the human bodies. But only just in Christ, the Logos, the eternal word of God, the Son who's always in the triune, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, one being, three persons, only in Christ, that eternal word of God became flesh and it will among us. John 1 and John 1, 14. I want to say Jesus experienced pain in the cross, the suffering God. When Jesus was on the cross, loved one, for the first time ever, Whereas the triune God always united. On the cross, there was, I didn't want to say separation between the Son and the Father, but there's where kind of a crack in the relationship, in the fellowship of the Father and the Son, whereas Jesus said this word, Eli, Eli, Lima Shabaktani, my God, my God, why you have forsaken me. For the first time, the son experienced this emotional pain, which is so deep. And for the first time for a while, the son lost his peace with the father. He lost that peace to give you and give me that peace in the darkest hour of our life. And Jesus became... Not only bear our sins on the cross, but he became sin for us. Can you imagine that? He took our iniquities and gave us his forgiveness. Took our sin and gave us his righteousness. How to keep the peace of God in the midst of pain? I want to say as a Christian, if we lost God's presence... If we lost God's peace in the midst of pain and the challenges and suffering and persecution, I didn't know what, how much left for us. And my prayer for you and for me, God, help me. Give me the discipline. Give me the trust. Give me, train my mind. Train my heart. How in the darkest hour of my life, to continue to experience your peace and your presence, which is the most precious thing for me in my journey of life and in my journey of faith. Tim Keller share a few things I think very helpful. Don't ever put your ultimate hope 
in this life in anything which will be out of your control. Our ultimate hope in the living God. But if I shift and put my ultimate hope in things in this life that I don't have control over, that's easy. If something happened to these things, I will lose God's peace. All of us love our families very dear to our hearts. We're willing to do everything and anything for our families. But I want, if I put my ultimate hope in my family, and God forbid if something happened to them, that out of my control, which I cannot control, and if it's happened, then I very easily be, leave or lose God's peace in my life. Same thing with your profession or your career, your success. If you're able in this life to accomplish certain things and you have certain success, but you're not always able to keep that accomplishment and that success. So if your ultimate hope in your profession or in your career, God forbid if something happened, then very easy you will lose God's peace in your life. Tim Keller talks about two men, young men in his church. And he said both of these two young men engaged. Of course, each engaged to a lady. And what's happened to both of them his fiance, each one, said, no, I cannot continue. The first one, it was very difficult for him because he put all his dreams, ultimate hope in this young lady who he engaged to, that one day they will get married and have their family they have. And when she said, no, I cannot continue, he wasn't able to accept that because he put all his hopes in this and it was very difficult for him. It destroyed him and turned to drugs and become addicted. But the other person, it was very painful for him too, but because his ultimate hope it was in the living God, he was able to handle it. It will be okay. Yes, it hurts. Yes, it's painful. But God will help me. He walked alongside of me in the midst of my pain and suffering. And then he talks about another two young men. Both of them pursue, want to pursue to become actors. And their dream that they will get this interview where hopefully they be involved in a certain film. And that film will be the stage that probably after that they become popular. And the story said... Uh, both of them went to the interview, and unfortunately, both of them been rejected. One of them, again, it was very difficult and destroyed him because his ultimate hope was, if I get that, the other person, again, was able to overcome 
because his ultimate hope was in the living God. How to keep God peace in the midst of pain. We need to rearrange our priorities in life, loved one. Our faith in the living God first, our family, then to know the Lord better and to make him known. And I try to remind myself when I go through a tough time, and maybe you heard me saying this before, Hannah, which is bigger, your problem or your God? Which is more difficult, the challenge you're facing now or your faith? You know, loved one, if I make my problem bigger than my God, I'm in trouble. But if I see things in the right perspective, everything will be okay. To know who my God is, his purpose in my life, his will in my life, and who I am as the child of God. In the midst of pain, I never forget the story of, maybe you heard it, Spafford, who is American lawyer. In 1871, he lost all his business in Chicago fire. And after two hours, he was able to get some of his business back, and he sent his wife, Anna, and his four little girls to London. And the story said, while we are in the Atlantic Ocean, their ship is hit by another ship, and their ship starts to, to sink down. What this godly mother did, she held the hands of her four daughters, and she started to pray. As the ship going down and the waves scattered the family, the four daughters drowned and died. They found Anna, the mother, unconscious, floating on the water and rescued by a ship. They brought her to London. And then... She sent a very short message to her husband in two words. Saved alone. Saved alone. The grieving father took a ship from the States through the Atlantic, went to pick up his wife, Anna, to bring her back home. When the ship he was on get close, to the international water in France, the captain of that ship said to the father, here was your four daughters drawn and died. The godly man started to write the song where he said, the peace of God is running like a river. All my sins all my sins been nailed on the cross. And the question, what makes this man write a song like this? Any person in his position, either he will feel guilty that what's happened to him 
and to his family as a punishment of God. This is why he cried out that all my sins nailed on the cross. And also, he could turn bitter against God. Why are you doing this to me? But he say, the peace of God is coming like a river on my life. I want to say, when you go through a tough time, speak to your soul. And this is what Psalm 42 says. Why, my soul, you are casting down? Why you, the agony? Why are you groaning in me? My hope in the living God, speak to your soul. And don't allow your soul to speak to you. But speak God's word, God's promises to your soul. And you can express your emotions and your tears in the presence of God. And we see this is in the life of Jesus where at least the scripture mentioned three times where Jesus cried. As we know in the front of Lazarus' tomb when he was in Gethsemane before he went to the cross and also over Jerusalem. The words I just read to you in Philippians 4, 6 to 9, I call this is a divine prescription for our souls and our spirits. Where he say, don't be anxious about anything. I want to say when the Lord gives this kind of order, because he's the one who created us, he's the one who designed us. He knows what is good for us. And he whispered to every one of us, My son, don't allow anxiety, don't allow anxious or worries control your life. Lord, what do you want me to do? There is a replacement. And instead of anxious anxiety, he said by prayer, Handle your anxiety, handle your worries. Through prayer, even if you pray the scripture in the presence of God. The two things, anxious or worries and prayer, is contradict, but this is how we need to handle it. Life is so fragile, handle it with a prayer. Prayer and thanksgiving. And then he said the result will be the peace of God which more than you can comprehend, will guard your hearts. And the word guard in the Greek here, it's used to protect the city from the attacks of the enemy. Because as you know, this is the battle where the evil one can attack us through our thoughts and through our minds. But the Lord will siege and protect your mind and your thought as you handle it with a prayer and thanksgiving before the Lord. And then we see what the Lord wants us to think about, to overcome and to keep the peace. To think in like what it says is noble, whatever right, what's pure, what's lovely, admirable, praiseworthy. One of the things was difficult for us And we need to deal with it, reconstruct our thoughts sometimes. And if you will, to reconstruct our minds. 
All of us believe certain things, and we heard it. If you didn't meet the criteria, or if you didn't meet the standard, there's something wrong on you. You know, we believe certain things, but when we come to real life to implement it, sometimes maybe we feel shortcoming, and then we feel we're not good enough, and then we start to feel guilty and the anxiety to come over us. This is why I see we need to reconstruct, reevaluate certain things, certain thoughts in the presence of God as we seek Him. I just want to end with just a couple of minutes about Job. I want to say for Job, we see the grace of God. Even Job, sometimes he crossed the line, have doubts, but in the same time we see the grace of God that God didn't turn away from Job in spite of his doubt and his difficulty questions sometimes. But we see the grace of God where God Embrace Job. Another thing about Job, Job didn't allow pain and suffering to push him away from God. Rather, he allowed pain to push him to run toward God. And this is my prayer for you and for me this morning. If you go through pain, anxiety, or suffering, may these things will help you to run toward God. And I just want to say in the end, Job didn't have answers for all his questions. Why God allow this to happen to me? There's things in life we didn't have enough answers. Maybe have more questions. But only then when Job saying in the presence of God, I didn't understand Why? I didn't have answers for all my questions, but I trust you, you are a good God. And only then, when he threw himself in the presence of God, when he threw himself in the bosom of God, only then he able to experience the peace and the presence of God and felt contentment inside. And this is my prayer for all of us. If we didn't have an answer, but I believe you are a good God. You are the one who created me in his image, the one who breathed life in me, the one who redeemed me. I trust you. I throw myself in your presence. And his peace and his presence will give us the real contentment and the real meaning of life that we continue by his grace to move forward and to live life for him and not to allow anything small or big in this life steal or take God's peace from our life. Let's pray. Lord, we bow before you. 
We thank you, Lord, for your presence in our life. Lord, you see the struggles we went through or my brothers and sisters going through now. Lord, I pray to help us all, whatever we're going through. Help us not to lose your peace, your presence. Lord, thank you for the honor and the privilege which you give us sometimes to go through the fire. You know us more than we know ourselves, and we trust you. I pray for my brothers and sisters and for myself, whatever we go through, help us to learn, help us to grow, help us to be more like you. And for the things what you teach us, help us to share it and to use it to be blessings for others. Help us to be like Job that not allow pain to push us away, but rather to run toward you and to throw ourselves in your presence. We love you. Help us to live the rest of our life, Lord Jesus for you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.